Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes... We're, we're time well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Guru. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced, even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. Indeed, been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Eric, Highline, and myself, Mike. How Yo. is everyone doing? Besides being frustrated hey, with Skype and <laughs> other software issues, uh, you you say hate like it's kind of a well. Okay, that's a good word for it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to know, Jarvis, why weren't you able? To correct this ahead of time. Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable. That didn't help. No. Well, Skype having issues is inevitable. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, uh, some business right off the get-go. How about check out the homepage or our website, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. On there, you got ripped apparel and superhero stuff. Check them out. Some great stuff. Uh, support them. You support us. Uh, it's a great way, great way to support the show and, uh, it helps us help you. Uh, and they got some great stuff. Uh, I know Eric got some stuff from Celebration, uh, from mm-hmm. superhero stuff. I got some stuff from there. Uh, I, Eric got to see a great t shirt that I got from Ripped Apparel, which is an absolutely great shirt. Caused a conversation with TSA at the airport. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a good one. Um, it's true. Let's see. Uh, also, two email us at mmg at mightymarvelgeeks.net if you are wanting to ask us any questions or have any comments about the show. Um, I think that's leave us a voicemail on, on the site through SpeakPipe. Uh, we have SpeakPipe there uh, where you can leave us a voicemail right there on the site. So I think that's going to wrap up the business. But you know... There, there's another bit of business that hasn't been done in a while. Oh, really? What's that? How about some oh, Marvel man. Marvel feud? Woo! All right. Six answers on the board. Okay. What Marvel hero would make the best astronaut? Eric, you're going first. Star-Lord. What? I call shenanigans. <laughs> right off the bat, I call shenanigans. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Looking at the card, wow. which is the judge. <laughs> so, Kyla. Uh, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> what? He started off as an astronaut. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. See? See? Now you're feeling my pain, brother. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Eric, back to you. All right. I think I see how this is going. So so we can't outthink this. No. Iron Man. 
number one answer. <laughs> I don't. I didn't make this up. I know. I know. Ah, man. Okay. Island. Right, let's go with uh, Captain America. Number two. Okay. <laughs> Four more answers on the board. Yeah. I'm just going to go completely stupid now and say Spider-Man. Number five. What? Number five. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, I know. These people are also the people that, that think Judge Judy is on the Supreme Court. <laughs> but see? There you go. See, I, I, I now see, thing is, I'm trying to, gosh. You're, you're thinking too much. Don't think. Don't think. Okay. Don't, don't uh, think this. Uh, don't uh, think this. Just let it go. Thor? Number three. Oh <laughs> Eric, back to you. Captain America. Already been said. Mm. Ah! Kylan said it. I did. I, I said it. And he got okay. it. Okay. Arg. Okay. So that's what two two strikes. See, each? I was I was so uh, I was so discombobulated by the fact <laughs> that Star Lord and Mister Fantastic are not on that list. So that's what two strikes each. Yeah, I think so. Kylan. Yeah. Mm. Three answers left on the board. Oh, two answers left on the board. <sighs> oh, believe me, I know. Right. You're overthinking. Uh, okay. Who do we know? You're overthinking. Who's a Marvel superhero who's been in space? I, I say I'm trying to just think who could go out to space. You're overthinking. I'm overthinking. You're overthinking. Uh, How many times Hulk. have you seen Spider-Man in space? What's that? What was that, Kylie? Like, like Hulk. <laughs> It hurts. <laughs> Number four answer. I have a funny feeling this is going to be the last two answers. <laughs> Eric, back to you. Black Widow. Mm, that's just discrimination. Chance that's to steal. Discrimination. Chance to steal. Chance to steal. I, oh, my God. I feel so dirty just saying this. Go for it. Hawkeye. Good answer. Good answer. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I got I'm glad I got a buzz on that one. <laughs> final answer that was left on the board She-Hulk you know She-Hulk has been in space She-Hulk of all She-Hulk is the only member of the Fantastic Four that is on the entire do they realize that the entire Fantastic Four team they they, they got their powers while being astronauts I'm just saying I'm, I'm going to be quiet now apparently the general public does not people who they ask these questions to but <laughs> that was an interesting round I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I don't don't know what to say to that. I, I She-Hulk. It, it, it's been a while since we've played, and y'all forgot. Don't overthink. <laughs> She-Hulk. I, I, I'm just, I'm already, we already said it. Game's over. <laughs> they, they, they didn't even say Captain Marvel. She, she, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> she's an Air Force captain. I'm going to be quiet now. Well, uh, Daredevil season... Ooh, let's just get right into it. Daredevil season three gets a new showrunner. Kingpin is set to return. This is according to uh, epicstream.com <coughs> excuse me uh, the first season Daredevil probably stands as the show's best season and that's probably thanks to Vincent D'Onofrio for playing such a brilliant villain villain uh, and Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin. Though he might have only appeared in one episode of Season 2, it looks like Fisk may be coming back for a third season of Daredevil. 
What's more, the third season will see a new showrunner in the form of Eric Olson. Uh, Jeff Loeb had this to say, Vincent is an exceptional actor who returns with the incredible gravatas he brings to Fisk. We're very excited how Daredevil, Marvel's Daredevil, develops through creative through the creative lens and through the guidance of our new showrunner, Eric Olson. Um, Daredevil has actually had different showrunners for each one of its seasons so far, with Stephen S. DeKnight working on season one, and season two having Douglas Petrie and Marco Ramirez running running the show. Olsen's had experience working on the CW's Arrow, and also executive producer on The Man in the High Castle. Going back to Kingpin, um, the, the author of this story loves D'Onofrio's characterization of Fisk, which, I mean, we have to agree. I mean, it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Episode eight of season one was amazing. Yeah, that was that yeah. whole kingpin I, story. D'Onofrio makes a very good kingpin. Yes. He does. Yeah. I mean, I, mean the, I think he ranks up there with some of the, the I won't say the very best uh, casting decisions in the in the MCU, but he's up there. And the only reason I can't give him like the top the 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 top ranking is because that's some rarefied air. I mean, you have you know, you know Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, and especially Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. You're not. I, that's a that's a very high bar. It's right. a high bar. Right now, when you think Kingpin, me personally, I still think bald. Very very heavy set. Yes. Brick tank, but yeah. Um, I, yeah. Let's not forget. I mean, the, the kingpin in the comics is a very formidable character. Yes. If you get, if you try to get him in hand to hand combat, the red skull did it while he was in a, it, while he had a cloned Steve Rogers body. Right. And still failed. Uh, uh, no, failed kind of miserably. Yeah. I mean, at, at least according to, uh, uh, the, the, Marvel. What was that? Those books called the the ones that had like all the, the official stats. handbook of the Marvel universe. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, according to the official handbook of the Marvel universe, uh, Kingpin, like at all of that, is actually muscle, and so you know he looks fat, but that's actually all muscle. And Kingpin is like almost like master level in hand to hand combat. Um, so that's the reason why. Like, I mean, for somebody even with Steve Rogers, fat. Faculties. Right. You know, and Steve Rogers is one of the best fighters in the MCU. I mean, in the, in the Marvel Universe period. And if he if he if he has a hard time with Kingpin, you know, now um, I'm looking to see um, this it. Yes. Judge. All right. Do you remember the old Marvel superheroes role playing game? Yes. I was just looking up those stats. Uh, their ranking stats uh, last week. Yes. TSR put it out back in the uh, back. In, let's see what's. In the mid eighties, uh, right. I've got yeah. the book up, uh, and it's it says 1986. All right, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm going to try to see if I can find the stats on on Kingpin. Uh, let's see here. That that almost sounds like not only for for a throwback Thursday. You know, we we talked about having you do the the cards. Maybe throwing up alternating one week is a card, another week is stats from from the from the game. Okay, here we go. Uh, 
Let's see. His fighting skills were remarkable. Uh, strength is excellent. Endurance is incredible. Uh, agility. Get this. As big and bulky as he is, agility is good. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, through his fighting disciplines, Fisk has poor body armor. Uh, let's see here. Duh, 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 duh. Okay, here we go. Under Under talents. Fisk practices a grueling regimen that keeps him in top fighting form. His great mass is muscle, not fat, and Kingpin has martial arts A, B, and C, as well as wrestling skill. Mm-hmm. Can you smell what the Kingpin is cooking? Exactly. <laughs> Wow. I, mean, I loved, oh man. I had, I played this quite a bit back during the late 80s and, and early 90s. And uh, yeah, my favorite character was one that uh, actually, basically, if you can picture Colossus with angel's wings. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was him. The, yeah. Nice. That, that was, that was my, that was my character right there. That's cool. I random robe that. That wasn't a, it wasn't a, I think I'll take this, 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 and this. No. Right. I, I think that'd be called very light, heavy metal. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> so, um, to, to wrap up, I, I found this interesting. After the supposed, supposed bomb that was the Defenders, Marvel Netflix really needs to step up its game. It is said that the third season of Daredevil will be based on the Born Again storyline where Matt fall, Matt's life falls apart thanks to the Kingpin learning about Matt's secret identity. Also, Karen Page turns into a porn star heroin addict in the story. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, mm. that's what I got for for the first story of the night. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised that... So, was Defenders really uh, a flop? I, I, I thought people loved it. You know, I don't... I don't know. I I, the I, general population enjoyed it. Right. But I mean, there's nothing so good that someone somewhere will not hate it. Right. Hey, at least it's not as bad as DC, where some writer received death threats and harassing emails because he said that the runtime for Justice League is 121 minutes. 121 minutes? Yes. That, that That's, that's basically terrible. Two, that's two hours. And they're saying that's not enough time to tell story is going to be rushed. Well, in many ways, I'm glad the Marvel fandom is not that severe, but I'm probably sure it is. Well, yeah, but see, the thing is, we were smart. Marvel was smart enough to give uh, but, well, prior to Avengers, each character was, uh, well, except for Black Widow. Each, each, well, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye, but except for Black Widow and Hawkeye, the characters were either featured in many films or had their own individual films to fill in any questions about who they were, where they come from, what they did, what's their power set, blah, 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 all that stuff. Whereas we get Man of Steel, Batman, Heart, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then Justice League. Right. Which is introducing three new characters. Yeah. Possibly four. Yeah. Justice League, it's DC slash Warner Brothers is trying to copy the the formula. Yeah. Marvel Studios put down with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3. But since they're trying to make up for lost time with it, yeah, they're rushing through. Now, I can't say that two hours is not enough time to tell a story. Because if you are a good storyteller, that's that's fine. Right. That's right. enough that's enough time to tell a story. And a good story. Right. But you know but, speaking of stories, uh, um what about 
about uh, more info from Jeff Loeb? Uh, yo, Jeff, uh, uh, I guess sort of with Marvel, sort of doubling down on the difference between the television world and the MCU. Uh, Jeff Loeb uh, actually uh, in an interview explained why Marvel TV never shows Avengers Tower. Um, and this is while he was uh, speaking to Inverse about the current slate of Marvel television. Uh, and so he was asked, no, why he was asked about Avengers Tower and why it manages to stay out of sight. You know, uh, for like on shows like Defenders, because even, even Defenders ventured outside of Hell's Kitchen in Harlem, but you never saw Avengers Tower. And Okay, and uh, this is a quote from the article. Um, Lieb says, I think it's much more than that we look at it from the point of view of where are we and having to establish that along the way, uh, Lieb explained. In many ways, being less specific helps the audience understand that this could be on any street corner. Uh, where we're sitting right now, I can see the Empire State Building. But if we're sitting 30 blocks away, I wouldn't be able to see the Empire State Building. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means we can't see it from where we are. Right. So, and I guess what he's saying is that, at least the feeling I'm getting is that because these stories are so focused on the neighborhoods of Hell's Kitchen, Harlem, I guess, I, I get the feeling that Jessica Jones takes place in Brooklyn. Although, I would say part of, of uh, Iron Fist took place in Manhattan. But even still, New York City is a big town. Right. So, having said that, these what well, I feel like what he's saying is that these stories are so focused on these individual people or them as a group or as a duo, whatever the iteration may be, that you know, we, we're conscious of it, but it's not the focus because this is a story about these people, not about Avengers Tower or where Avengers Tower is located. So I, I get that. I get it, you know. Right. Yeah, but at the same time, you shouldn't break your you shouldn't break your back to try and not show it either, because if it's going to be in the line of sight, it's going to be in the line of sight. There's something wrong with that, you know. Right. So that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Eric, any comments? I get what they're saying, and yes, there is a certain amount of. Uh, I, I, he makes a lot of sense when he says, you know, fans would pick it apart and mm-hmm. and point out supposed errors because we know they will. Yeah, <laughs> we we deal with we we deal with Marvel fans, we deal with Star Wars fans, we deal with Disney fans. They will break stuff down to the molecular degree, and if they think something's the least little bit wrong, yeah, the mountain becomes out of the molehill. Right. <laughs> You're right. You're and right. So I don't blame them for trying to keep that out. I mean, this is the New York of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so we know Avengers Tower is there. You know, maybe- Seeing it once in an establishing shot wouldn't be so bad, though. No. You know, I there's a... There's a story we'll, we'll have to do one week. Um, I have the name of it here. Marvel's New York City map and basically where it's, you know, where with the Defenders and other locations is the Avengers Tower compared to where the heroes are. Maybe that's something we could cover in the future. Maybe. So, well, speaking of D'Onofrio and possibly returning and not being a cameo, and of course, Lee bringing up that why isn't the Avengers Tower, or yeah, basically stating why the Avengers Tower isn't a cameo in the Defenders movies. I'm going to turn this over to you, Eric. 
Okay. Um, the the next item that we have on the show is it's an article from uh, CBR.com. It was, it was back in uh, – it was originally published back in March. But I think that with uh, all the, the cameos that we've seen in like all the, the movies up to date and we expect to see a bunch in Thor Ragnarok and, oh, dear God, how many in Infinity War. Uh, they're touching on 15 MCU cameos that were wasted. In other words, you know, they're they're there, but they haven't done anything with them. I like to say they haven't done anything with them yet. Yeah. Uh, number fifteen on their list is the Ten Rings that we saw used in uh, in the first Iron Man movie and briefly in Iron Man Two. Mm-hmm. The Ten Rings, of course, being a reference to the Mandarin. I I don't quite like the way they they retconned it in uh, in the MCU yeah. because the man the the Mandarin from the comics I think would be a wonderful villain mm-hmm. and not Ben Kingsley. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this one, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of agreeing with them so far on this one. Uh, the Human Torch is at number 14, and really the only time that we saw him. Now, this is not the Fantastic Force Human Torch. I'm sure most of you that are listening to this podcast know that there were two Human Torches in, uh, in Marvel Comics history. But for those of you who don't, the original Human Torch was an android. He was, was a robot. He was... Uh, uh, he was one of the invaders, which was w- along with uh, Captain America and the Submariner during World War II. And like the Howling Commandos, uh, the Human Torch was responsible for vin- many victories against the Nazis. But the only time that we see the android Human Torch is really just in a brief shot at the beginning of Captain America, where he, uh, Steve and Bucky and their dates go to the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. And you basically see a, a, a figure dressed in red standing in a cylinder. Mm-hmm. That is the android Human Torch. Uh, number 13 on their list is Baron Strucker. And quite frankly, I, I can't I cannot argue with this one because Baron Strucker is he's huge in the Captain America slash Shield mythos right. storyline. Very big guy within Hydra. Uh, at the in the mid credit scene of Captain America: Winter Soldier, we see him, and in Avengers: Age of Ultron, we briefly see him before he's he, he's he, he dies like a Star Trek red shirt. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like this. If any of them are truly wasted cameos, I would say this guy had to be the. He had to be. Uh, let's see. Number 12, Doc Sampson from uh, The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, see, that's that's I, I say that's wasted in the fact that we'll probably not see him again because we won't see a solo Hulk movie again. No, no. Um Number 11, Adam Warlock, or actually more like Adam Warlock's Cocoon as part of the Collector's Collection and Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, the first one. Th- that was that was horrible. That's that's not a wasted cameo to me. That's well, a setup. I, I think it's wasted because nothing happened to it afterwards. That we know of. See, I this one, okay, I, I can't, that. So I that can't say of. that this is a wasted cameo because this could be just like a, a, a bit of foreshadowing. Right. You know, it's kind of like when we saw Hawkeye in, in in Thor. It was a cameo at the time, but he has come back to play something later. Right. Okay, at number 10, we've got The Leader. And I filed The Leader in a law, in the same uh, category as Doc Sampson. Mm-hmm. 
because we probably will not see another uh, solo Hulk movie. Right. Uh, the Collector is number nine. Uh, see, I don't agree with this at all. The Collect. This is not a wasted cameo because we've uh, even though you know, we not may not see him in very many movies going forward. He played a vital role in the first Guardians movie. Right. And plus, he's being used over in Disneyland. Well, he did have a, a role in the second movie. Well, see, there you go. This is not a wasted cameo. CBR, hey, what were you thinking? Uh, Ellen Grant. Ellen Brandt in uh, Iron Man 3. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see this. I, I, could, I could see that one. Uh, number seven is James Montgomery Fallsworth, along with the with the. I'm just I'm lumping the entire Howling Commandos in this. <sighs> yes, so, yeah, that's wasted. Even though even though you did see some Howling Commandos show up in uh, in um, in Agent Carter, and you did see you know Trip the uh, the grandson of of one of them. <sighs> <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I mean, Fallsworth is, uh, well, for one thing, he becomes his own hero after the war. He becomes the first Union Jack. Yeah. Right. So it would have been interesting to see a Union Jack. Yeah. show up it, you know miniseries tie in on agents of shield or something you know hey whedon if you're listening uh <laughs> cosmo at number six uh he is he, he's a bigger figure in the comics than he is in the movies that's that's no doubt that's there's no argument about that um he is if i remember correctly last time we saw him in the in the comics he was like security chief of nowhere i think so yeah <laughs> uh king t'chaka this in uh in, in civil war the king of wakanda t'challa's father uh i don't know if i could truly say wasted because it's his death that sets a lot of things in motion i don't great, I, it was a great sacrifice to make yeah <laughs> i mean to see this guy reduced to a plot device i i, I get that part but uh let's see Number four is the Wasp. Yeah, but we're getting a Wasp movie. Yeah, I mean, she she can be in Ant Man too, basically. Yeah, yeah. They're saying the original Wasp, not not Hope taking over her mother's place. They're yeah. talking about Janet Van Dyne, which again this was this was written back in March. It's been seven months since that came out. You know, we've got Ant Man and the Wasp coming up. There's no telling that we that we whether we will or will not see Janet in this right. movie. But you know, I don't see it wasted because her cameo truly sets up the plot point for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say I can't say wasted on that one. Truly, uh, here's one I can say was wasted. Aim. Yeah. True. Yeah. Aim. Aim. I see as as being the having the potential to be so much more. You no, know, they were never on Hydra's level of threats to take over the world. Right. But you know the 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 best. Uh, the best way I saw it set up was in uh, is an early issue of Quasar, where AIM says, you know what? We're not going to try to take over the world. We're going to be your suppliers. We're going to be your outfitters. If you need a new death ray, come to us. You need a fleet of armed hovercrafts, come to us. They're, they're like the weapons manufacturers. I and mean, it's almost like we are the L.L. Bean of the villain scene. 
and I think you could have gone a long way with that. Like say the 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 Hydra weapons from the first Captain America movie. I would love to have seen AIM take those blueprints and take a few prototypes, and then you fast forward to to the to the present times, and they've been working on this for decades, and you've got you know your your blasters, your your ray guns, your armed hovercraft stuff like that. Now most of this stuff would not be grounded in today's reality, and so it may be taking the feasibility just a little, the plausibility a little bit further, but I still, I could, I, I would have liked that better. Yeah. Um, number two on their list, Crossbones. And I can't argue with that one. Brock Rumlow in a, in a Winter Soldier, good villain. Mm. I don't know that you could call this guy a cameo because it was not a cameo. This character was a major character in Winter Soldier. Now, in Civil War, that was kind of more of a cameo. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of like you expect him to be more of a threat there. Right. So that yeah, was kind of wasted. But he, you got your money's worth with him in Winter Soldier. And number one on their list of wasted MCU cameo, quote unquote wasted, is the Nova Corps. Uh, I disagree okay. there. Yeah, A, Nova Corps was not a cameo. Nova Corps was kind of, it, it played a major role. Right. And yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. This, this to me, Nova Corps in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie was pure setup. They're going back to this. I mean, whether it's like a Guardians Volume 3 or setting up an Infinity War, mark my words, we're going to see Richard Ryder and Sam Alexander before this is all said and done. I think so. You're going to see a Nova. And not just Nova Core, Nova. I would love to see a Nova. I would love to see Richard Ryder on the... And I would love to see him as grumpy old man Richard right now. The way uh, the way Ramon Perez was doing it in uh, in the short run series. Right. Mm. That, that could that could be intriguing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think that he would. Um, I, I I think that like, okay, for for a first live action iteration of the Nova Corps, and as somebody who's only experienced with the Nova Corps, really has been comics because I didn't I, I didn't get a lot of it from uh from I I think they were on Spider Man mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider Man uh, at some point. Um, I felt like for some. Somebody who I got a pretty decent idea of who they were, what they were about, and how vast a force they are to be reckoned with from watching Guardians. I, I so I, I don't see it as a waste. Um, now, true, you don't get to see. I mean, outside, you you, you just get the ships, you know. Yeah. So you don't get a lot of the tech or all the other stuff that they have access to. But that didn't matter to me because I got this huge intergalactic police force that's been out there you know protecting people and do whatever it is they do and it 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 pulled me deeper into the story I I, I thought that's what we I I felt like that that makes for a, a good cameo either pulls you deeper into the story or gives you a little break and go ah you know this actually kind of fleshed out that world a little more so okay. I thought it worked I thought it was good what I when I see this as Excuse me. And if I was if I was writing for future Marvel movies, 
Mm-hmm. I would have it so that what we saw in the first Guardians movie mm-hmm. was the Nova Corps rank and file. Yeah. yeah. The ones with superpowers would be the elites. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it, these guys, you wouldn't have superpowered beat cops. Right. Right. He's just just, cops on the street walking the beat. But now SWAT teams, special forces. Mm -hmm. I I, I hate to say what we saw would have been the grunts. Right. But they were the grunts. Right. So your powered ones are your elites, your special forces, your your SEAL Team 6 guys. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the perfect way to, to basically to rectify the two. And it would make sense that, you know, the po- the powered ones would be the elites. Yes, right. it would. Because they don't need ships to go from planet to planet. They don't need... Uh, they don't need guns because, well, they pretty much are guns. Yeah, they are the weapons. So that's that's how I would do that. That's how if, if I were going to introduce super powered Nova Corps, that's how you would. That's how you would have it. Oh, I think that works. I, I, I think so too. I'll give that. I'll give you that. So James Gunn, if you're listening, and there's no reason why you shouldn't be, write that down. We'll let <laughs> you credit for that. Oh yeah, yeah. And all you and, and our price is is a very simple one. Just come on the show one night. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll chat well. guardians. We'll ch- we'll chat talking raccoons with machine guns. Oh, well, that, that's not <laughs> the only thing we could chat. Well, we can talk about uh, we we can talk about uh, fighting tree bark. Yes, there you go. Yes, I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. No, no, no. It's more like I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> anyway. Since <laughs> um, some of these cameos were considered crappy, uh, it's not the only worst "quote unquote" list we've got this week. Push your button, dude. Not, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's it's kind of like seeing someone merge onto the interstate and forget they got their blinker on. There we go. Blink, blink, <laughs> blink, blink. So, uh, how about Kylan? You take us into uh, the next depths of what? Uh, <laughs> Alright, y'all. Come on. Let's talk about uh, the crappy Marvel movies that everyone wants to forget. Okay? You know, uh, it wasn't too long ago that when you said a uh, Marvel superhero movie, you usually cringed instead of ran for the theater. Uh, so, having said that, uh, <clears throat> you know what? Let, I'm going to start with uh, let, I'm going to start with number six. Good places. And then I'm going to go backwards from there. So number six is 1990 Captain America. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, mind you, this uh, Captain America story uh, is closer to uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. It is a period piece. It is set during World War II, um, and you no, know, we we get the Red Skull. But uh, yeah, but it's the Red Skull that was really horrible in this movie. Yeah, guys, you gotta. Uh, if you go to <clears throat> the the this list is available on CheatSheet.com, and so you'll get to see the uh, either clips from these movies, or you'll be able to see the full-on 
trailer if you're just itching to be abused you know go for it but uh yeah Captain America was bad now the one thing I do remember and this was a this was a piece of trivia was that the actor who played Captain America uh was the uh was a relative of is it uh, J.D. Salinger wow yeah yeah so well, according to this it says um now it says uh, uh, one of Marvel's darkest hours comes from this 1990 stab at creating a film adaptation of Marvel's greatest hero B-movie actor Albert Pun plays captain here in a jingoistic low-budget film wherein many many a man in a lousy jumpsuit battle a Nazi villain wearing a bright red Halloween costume mask or Halloween mask <laughs> now the thing is they say Albert Pun but I remember specifically uh, them uh, uh, crediting a person whose last name was Salinger in the role um, but yeah so yeah this is not good at all so if you value your time or not don't watch this uh, having said that oh this is a movie I walked out of the theater mad and there's probably only one other movie that I actually walked out of the theater mad at because it was two hours I was never getting back <laughs> Daredevil with uh, uh, this is with um, Ben Affleck as the lead character right. at Murdoch. Oh my god! Oh and um, wow, John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau uh, as um, Foggy Nelson before he became Happy uh, Happy Hogan. Mm-hmm. He was Foggy Nelson. Now I'm I'm trying to remember who Kingpin was in this. Was it Michael uh, Clark Duncan? Michael yes, Clark it was. Duncan. And his wasn't Duncan, bad either. Was no, his was not bad. His was not bad at all. It was that was a bit of casting genius. I I I, I was like Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. I don't know, but from now we're talking about a movie that just was had a bad script. Uh, ben Affleck had no reason being even close to the role of Matt Murdock, and I understand that he he's a fan of the character. I get it. That, and you know what? I mean. I will high five you from here to Bronx, you know, on that. But as much as I love Matt Murdock, I would not do the character justice on the big screen, small screen, or any screen for that matter. Okay. So, yeah, so that movie just stunk to high heaven. Wasn't Kevin Smith also in this movie? I don't remember him being in it. He he was he was definitely behind it in some way. The, the, the thing was, now, there's a scene in, was it, uh, it was uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. There's a scene where there's a Daredevil movie being filmed on a back lot, and uh, Jay runs through a scene during a fight. And that's how the possibility of a Daredevil movie got launched. So, you know, if if you're gonna, if you're, if I've reignited any bad feelings or bad taste, number one, I'm sorry. Number two, you shouldn't go back and watch it again. Number three. Kevin Smith played forensic assistant (gasps) Jack Kirby. That's right! That's right. Okay, yes. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, so, and, and there were a couple other cameos uh, in the movie as well. So, yeah. it was, yeah, so, as much, uh, anybody, if you are even a casual fan of Daredevil, stay away from this one. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I will tell you right now, the trial of the, of the Incredible Hulk, 
as a better oh. version of, of Daredevil than this. Oh. I'm serious. You know, I, you know, the saddest part is I agree with you. <laughs> uh, and I digress. So now we got number four, which is a big, big surprise for all of us. Fantastic Four from 2005. Uh, and um, keeping with the same thing. Fantastic Four from 1994. Okay, I, 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 I was premature with that one. <laughs> I actually liked the 94 one. The 94 one was actually really close to what a Fantastic Four movie should have been look-wise. Uh, you know what? I will e- go... Even, I, with, even with the Roger Corman cheesy special effects. Well, I I, I will go... I, I, was a, I will agree with Mike on this one. Because uh, to me, they did something that nobody else has done with the Fantastic Four. They gave like a almost somewhat metaphysical explanation for their for their abilities that whenever these gamma rays that hit them that yeah. because um, it said that because uh, Reed is always expanding himself and he's trying to do so many things the gamma rays manifested it and manifested itself in him by giving him the ability to elasticize uh, and that because uh, Sue is so so many times trying to kind of hide in the background of the gamma rays gave her the ability to turn invisible. Uh, Johnny being a hothead, the gamma rays gave him the ability to turn to fire and because Ben is sort of like you know the lug with a heart of gold, you know he's always so, has this tough exterior but he's really soft on the inside. It gave him the rock body armor because there's even a scene in that movie where uh, where Ben calms down for once and it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, 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 that rock exterior went away. And I know that there was one point where the movie, where the uh, comics were toying with that for Ben. Personally, I've liked that. I didn't see anything wrong with it. Um, but yeah, so that, that was all the movies. Uh, those are the six movies there. Wait, hold on. No, I didn't. I got two more. Yep. Um, Okay, remember, guys, there's two Hulk movies. There's the Incredible Hulk. We like that one. Yeah. Then there's... We do? There, yeah. Well, Norton yeah. was Norton. Yeah. Yeah, we, we like that one because the uh, the the um the choice is either that version or Hulk by Ang Lee. Yeah. Uh, we had to go there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that one. No, that was not good. No, it wasn't. No, no. I, you know the thing is, like, I, like, I, 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 I don't know. I, I kind, I felt like it should have been one of those movies that I should really, really try and really maybe get the deeper meaning about. No, there's no deeper meaning. It just sucks, and that's all I gotta say about that. It sucks is understatement. Oh. Yeah, so um so yeah, so now it looks like number one. Number one of, of all the movies that suck is Howard the Duck. You had to go there, didn't you? I didn't the the system went there. Man, I you had to go there. I didn't go there, dude. It, it said it. I now mind you, I didn't even look at it. I didn't look at it. You know, it says said right there on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, 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 uh, 
No. 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 <laughs> I, I refuse. Uh, so not, you- what, not when I saw at Walmart, they had it, the case listed as best movie of the 80s. It didn't say that uh, that was one of them, did it? Yes. I sent you all the text yeah. message with it. Yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I can't, but, you know, I refuse to believe that this movie is considered one of the best movies of the 80s. I just, no. Unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. But go ahead. Let's bash the movie. Let's give it a hard time. It's Howard the Duck, man. And it's maybe it was a movie ahead of its time. I will give that to you. Maybe it was ahead of its time, but you know what? I, no. Some some people uh, say yes. Some people say no. I I just I, I do I just can't I I can't I, I I just can't. Well, you know, Leah Thompson makes this movie worth it for me. Oh yeah, that, that, more than enough. If you just <laughs> give me the Leah Thompson edit, I'm good. Well, just the Leah Thompson scene it is more than enough. Thank not oh saying, God. but we're saying. <laughs> All we have to say. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, okay. No, let's tell you what. Let's do our top three for each one of us worst Marvel movie. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the challenge down. I bet you I could pick one that's not on y'all's list. Okay. Are we going top three or are we going just one? Let's do top three. And I guarantee you. Uh- I will have only, I said it wrong, I will probably have only one that's on y'all's list between the two of you. Okay. All right. Now, these are top three movies that's... That we think no, no, let me, are crappy movie, crappy Marvel movies that are worse than what they have on this list. All right, now let me ask you this. Do, do TV movies count? I think so, yeah. All right, good. Um, all, right, all right, let's go. Oh, heck. All right, I, I got to reformat my list if that's if, if if that's the case. So since I've laid down the right. challenge, Kylan, why don't right. you go first? Number okay, so we're going three, two, one, right? Three, two, one. I my third worst Marvel movie, uh, the first Captain America. So now from the TV series with I mean the TV movie with Red Brown back in the seventies. <sighs> Okay. Now, if if we still have these same ones on each other's list, that's fine. Means we're thinking alike. But I, I'm telling you, I've probably got one that's on everyone's list, and the rest of mine are going to be different. But we're, I think we're on a good start where we're all going to be different. Okay, keep going, Cal. Uh, number two, number two is Return of the Incredible Hulk that f- featured Thor and Hulk together. Okay. Number three. Okay. All right. Now, this is uh, to me, this is the absolute worst Marvel movie, in my opinion. Okay. The second televised Captain America movie. Okay. All right. Eric, how about you? Well, my original thought was to uh, to pull some of those Captain America TV movies. Because uh, if if you ever want just a definition of stink on toast, then it's it's Captain America dressed up like he belongs to the Evil Knievel stunt show. Yes, with with Ooh. a clear plexiglass shield. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I'm going to try to go a little different here. I'm going to say number three is the first Punisher movie, the one from 1989, with Dolph Lundgren, Lou Gossett Jr. Okay, yeah. Uh, where, you know, he can't even wear the skull as a T-shirt. Yeah. The only skulls you see are on the handles of the knives that he leaves at 
scenes of the crime. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So far, we're number, on a roll. We're, this is really good. Number two, Blade Trinity from 2004. See. Uh, see, uh, well, here's the thing. I like Trinity, though. I, I like the first Blade movie. Yes. The, it, it was hard for me to pick between Blade Trinity and Blade 2, because quite frankly, I don't think either one of them really should have been made. <laughs> I, I would but I'm saying Blade Trinity because apparently I, I will I will give up a little bit of a pass to Blade 2 because you know it was the first sequel but after Blade 2 they apparently did not learn their lesson it's like well this wasn't didn't stink bad as we could make it so let's see if we could stink up the joint really bad on number 3 see this is where I reverse I, I would reverse it I would say Blade 2 was such a crap sequel that they made Blade th- Trinity to replace it or to, okay. to kind of be redemption okay fair point fair point but that, that's me it, it's kind of like it's kind of like Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade they made it kind of as an apology to Temple of Doom I, I, I see that I can see that uh, my number one Man Thing from 2005. It was not, it was so bad they wouldn't even release it in U.S. theaters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they, if, mm. if like, you know, American Pie number 568 gets released to theaters and this doesn't, that's, that's saying something. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So those, that's my top three. Okay. So far, no wow. repeats. So it sounds like the challenge has been taken fairly well. Okay. Um, my number three is the Fantastic flop from a year or two ago. What was that? 20, okay. Was that 2016 2015? I think. Or I don't know. Let's see. Hang on. Let's see here. Um, it's 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's my number three. Number two, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. And I'm just going to say Galactus? What the? Okay. He's a cloud. Planet eater. We don't truly have Galactus. Fox had the opportunity to really make Galactus something, and they dropped the ball. My number one is this I think it was 1979 Doctor Strange I wondered if doc, if you were going to put Doctor Strange on there talking about something that is crap on toast yes that was I, I, I purposely stayed away from that because I had a fig feeling that's where you were going uh, see you should have gone and I, I still would have met the challenge I would have had I, one on y'all's list um well in all fairness, I also didn't choose any of the Fantastic Four movies because it's kind of like a spelling bee where you're given the word cat. It's just too easy. It's true, true. So I mean, it's not necessarily wrong answers. It's just you know, right. Just right. Well, how about this for a right answer before we get into picks of the week? Kevin Feige. And of course, this comes from heroic Hollywood. But this is one of those, they're not saying he is, or possibly, it, it is speculation, well... It, it's discussion. It is discussion. Um, well, this, actually, this, Fandango recently talking to Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige mm-hmm. revealed that there has been discussion within Marvel Studios about succeeding from Comic-Con to host their own equivalent. He explained how Marvel may follow the example set by Star Wars Celebration events. Over the year, this is his quote, over the years, there have been discussions about 
about that. I think what we want, I think what we try to do occasionally in San Diego, we're very proud of and think it's a fun tradition. That being said, I think celebration is pretty amazing. I've been to a few celebrations and the idea of doing something like that, I think we have enough content and enough fans and enough ideas that we could easily do something like that. I'm just not sure where or when. Well, I could think of if Celebration Rebel Force Radio is considered one of the top shows for Marvel. I don't know. I could think of a 2017 podcast award finalist that could be considered almost one of the top shows for for Marvel, unlike Rebel Force Radio is for Star Wars. (laughs) Well, you know, I can think of a uh, Marvel podcast that was the only one last uh, Celebration to be invited to broadcast from the podcast stage. There's that too. Yeah, and to our knowledge, the only Marvel podcast to get uh, permission to get asked to broadcast from the podcast stage, yeah. but I, and to appear right. and to appear in the press conference for Star Wars Rebels. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> I won't say uh, there are some people who would say that that uh, like San Diego Comic Con has gotten too big, and I don't disagree with that. And if you want to create the splash, basically doing a uh, a celebration type thing that's Marvel and only Marvel, I think they could pull that off. Now you have to remember, celebration came out of a came from different mindset from a different origin. Yeah. Because it was Star Wars fans wanting to come together and do it. It wasn't it, it wasn't necessarily you know, Lucasfilm saying, well, let's make our own convention. Actually, no, it, it was. Uh, let me find the, the actual history okay. for Celebration while you're okay. continuing your thought. Okay. My only word of caution to Kevin Feige is don't do it as with the only focus being how much money can we make off of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to begrudge you wanting to to make some money, right? But don't do it simply because you see dollar signs, right? And that, and again, that could have been what Lucasfilm had in mind as well. I may be mixing up my franchises between Star Wars and Star Trek. I may, and and, and Lord. Please forgive me if I'm doing that. But I think there's enough content. There's certainly enough content from the comic side of it. Mm -hmm. And there is enough content from the movie side of it. Now, the question is, let's say we do have Marvel Celebration become a reality, say, you know, 2018, 2019. When are you going to do it? I mean, are you going to try to do it near another convention? Like, say, are you going to try to compete with San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, Dragon Con, Gen Con, whatever? And are you going to, like, pull out of these of cons like this? in order to do your own. So that that is something that you'd have to keep in mind. Right. Because Mm. these things are not cheap. No. These Uh are not cheap. Uh, Star Wars Celebration, if I remember correctly, ordering early, as soon as as the store opened, as soon as you were able to get tickets, a four-day pass was like 150 bucks. Right. I think, yes, it was 150 bucks. Because when I tried to get a a pass for Mac, uh, (laughs) they had sold out already. And so so I wound up having to buy four one-day passes, and it cost me almost twice as much. Yeah, it was like almost two hundred eighty bucks. Yeah, I mean it was it was between I would say around two 
250, 270. So just to get in the door all four days, I mean, you're talking, you're talking three Ben Franklins. Yeah. Easy. And that's not counting if you're going to eat while you're there, if you're going to buy anything, you know, like you're going to buy any back issue comics or, or get any autographs. And don't get me started on <laughs> the autograph and picture fees. Oh, that was insane. It, that was, that was downright robbery. Yes, it was. There is not a person on this earth that is worth me paying 200 bucks to get a quick picture with. I'm sorry. That's just the way that I feel. Oh, no, I, I agree. But the thing is, unfortunately, for that particular actor, it's that's it's, it wasn't just a celebration that his prices were that high. Well, I'm, I'm just saying in general, I'm not oh, yeah. I'm not well, finger wagging at any one actor or actress or whatever. I'm just saying when that level of rarefied air where you've got to pay a couple of hundred bucks just to get a picture with somebody or a couple of hundred bucks just to get their autograph. That's insane. It's it's not worth it to me. No, I know that there are people that will pay it. We saw the the insane crowds that showed up to pay it to pay it. No. Now, if if I get about like an hour or two with this actor or actress, along with that, with that couple hundred bucks, you'll get to sit, chat with them, talk with them, get to know them. Right. You know, maybe, maybe have a meal with them. I might pay that much for that. Right. No, I mean, I can get a, I, I can <laughs> off the internet and I can get one of their autographs, scan, you know, just download the picture. I can, I'm good enough with Photoshop. I can get that for my own personal gratification. Right. Well, now with Celebration, it began in 99 when Lucasfilm held the Star Wars Celebration in Denver, Colorado, the first one, to celebrate the upcoming release of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Okay. So it was definitely a Yes, I am to, getting my franchises mixed up. Okay. It, it's mm-hmm. a promotion tool yeah okay it was a promotion tool and i would say as such it has worked brilliantly yep yep so yeah i think a marvel celebration you could pull it off i think so um there were things i liked about celebration things i loved about celebration the things i absolutely hated about celebration the lines for the shop that i do not blame lucasfilm for that oh no that was i think was the venue uh, that was the promoters, the people the promoters. who are running the run, who are running the show. So it, there are things that you do want to copy from Star Wars <laughs> Celebration. There are things that you don't want to copy from Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> you make your Marvel Celebration. I, I will definitely say I had been to better celebrations prior to to this uh, this year's right. And yeah, you know. Okay, I, I'm not. I, I've been to cons. I've, I've been to big ones. I've been to small ones, all different sizes. And I love Marvel. Otherwise, why would I be here? Right. But, but I have to admit, I kind of pause at the idea of a Marvel, of a celebration style Marvel event. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I wonder. I wonder if it's too much. If that makes sense. Uh... Okay. Well, let me, let me, let me explain. It like this, okay. Like, okay. So, Star Wars, Star Wars has always been so fan driven that right. that uh, celebration was a a given. It, it was a given. Um, 
development. You know, you you just you, you it just seemed like it would naturally happen. Whereas with Marvel, like when you think about Marvel, you think about it more in relation with comics and other, and which you know, then you think of like well, all the comic shows. But now what we're talking about doing is separating Marvel away from that to get a, a more pure Marvel experience, and that sounds good. It really does, but I, I, I guess my question is: Do you do that? Does Marvel do that in lieu of participating in other conventions? I, I think not. Uh, they would definitely. They don't have that large of a profile at D twenty three. Obviously, they right. had very little of a profile at Celebration. Um, mm-hmm. Lucasfilm had a very small profile at San Diego Comic Con. Marvel had a, a fairly larger size profile at Comic Con. I right. think. I think if we see a Marvel celebration, the years that you don't have D twenty three and you don't have a celebration, you know, right? The the presence of Disney and Lucasfilm is larger at San Diego. I think if Marvel would probably fall suit the same way. Okay. All right. Uh, so this would be this would be something that we would see once every few years or Um, I would say it could be depending on how things are being done Mm -hmm. it it could be like celebration maybe it's going to be done once every other year right Um, because the next celebration is not until 2019 so Mm. it hasn't been announced where but it's going to be 2019 so there's no reason why celebration why a if they do a Marvel maybe it's held opposite of of celebration that to me that would be the most logical choice to do it right so but before we get too far ahead um Mm -hmm. let's get into our picks of the week (laughs) because we we are getting a little far but it's okay (laughs) i'm gonna gonna pull some magic in editing for sorcerer radio you sorcerer radio listeners if you want to hear some stuff that might be missing from the show come check out the podcast starting uh within the next couple days so you do that voodoo that you do so well uh, thank you um so it is that time And it's time for the picks of the week. Uh, that's the comic book shop by the Shazbots, who, by the way, has a new album out. So I'm going to give a plug to to the fine folks over at the Shazbots, especially for allowing us to use their song for for this segment. Um, you know, I think I want to start us off this week for our picks of the week. I'm going for first pick, and man, pickings were slim. Um, <laughs> I'm going Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number six. Writer is Chip Zdarsky. Artist is Goran Parloff. J. Jo- J. Jonah Jameson's got the scoop of the century. A once-in-a-lifetime interview with the Menace of Manhattan. And I love how the covers kind of got that Norman Rockwell-type look to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. I've been loving Zdarsky's writing on this, but then again, I loved his Howard the Duck, so I- I'm seeing some similarity. Um, the art has been a little rough but the the script has been strong enough to go okay maybe this is done on purpose for the way the script's being done to kind of give it that script its own um, genre type feel to it setting it apart from from the others so um eric why don't you go next 
Okay, uh, my first pick of the week is Power Pack number 63. Where is Power Pack? Part one of one. In a twist of fate, four children gained incredible powers. And in a universe full of war-hungry aliens and terrorizing gangsters, well, they would need them. Thus, Power Pack was born. But when an enemy from the past rears its head again, the youngest power finds herself in a body-snatching nightmare. Big Brother Alex better come around, or Katie is toast. A never-before told adventure comes to light as Katie Power revisits family history. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Kylan, your first pick of the week. Uh, my first pick of the week is Iceman number seven. Uh, right Ice there Man. is. I heard that today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the writer is Cena Grace. Uh, artist is Robert Gill. And the cover artist is Kevin Wada. Uh, champions Reassembled Part 2. The original champions have reassembled. Will they be enough to protect Los Angeles from a swarm of rogue haywire sentinels? Even in L.A., all eyes are on Bobby. How will he fare as a leader? Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, my second pick of the week, if I could get back to it, is uh, it's a trade paperback, actually. Avengers by Bendis. Uh, the Complete Collection, Volume 3. Writer is Michael, Brian Michael Bendis. Artist is Brandon Peterson. The spectacular conclusion of Brian Michael Bendis's Avengers era, featuring the X-Men and the Guardians of the Galaxy. While the cosmic Phoenix Force threatens the planet, it's up to Earth's mightiest heroes to stop it. But Cyclops and his mutant team have a different plan. This means war. When the dust settles in the devastating on the devastating conflict, Tony Stark intercepts a signal that may lead the Avengers into the arms of one of their dearest friends or greatest enemies. Plus, an all-star roster assembles alongside the Guardians for a blockbuster showdown with Thanos. The Vision returns, and young hero Nova gets some expert advice on how to use his newfound powers. This is collecting Avengers uh, 24.1 and 24 through 34 from 2010. That series, uh, Avengers Assembled uh, from the 2012 series, 1 through 8. Avengers well, uh, Heroes Welcome and material from AVX versus number 6. So, uh, that's my second pick. Eric, on to you. My second pick of the week is Fantastic Four Once Future Kings number 4 of 5. Written by Christopher Priest. Art by Phil Noto. Whatever a spider can, the young Inhumans are on the run from a deadly assassin, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Telling friend from foe is getting trickier, especially with the wizard at their side. And another far more dangerous foe is loose on the streets of New York. The Seeker comes for his revenge. While the royals run from the wrath of Atalon, Karnak races to save his brother. But he has he underestimated the dangers of the city and the powers of the Seeker? Plus, the continuing adventures of Lockjaw, as told by the unbeatable Squirrel Girl writer Ryland Nor Ryan North. I was about to say Ryland, but that's not right. Uh, <laughs> Ryan North and artist Gustavo Duarte. Okay. Kylan, your number two pick. My number two pick, uh, and this does my heart a little bit of joy to see, is Iron Fist number 74. I believe this may be the first book of the continuing series from the uh, legend, from the Legend series. Uh, the writer is Ed Brisson. The artist is Mike Perkins, and the cover artist is Jeff Dekel. 
Sabretooth Round 2, Part 2. Wow. Okay. Sabretooth's grudging alliance with Iron Fist takes the duo on a butt-kicking spree as they try to locate the Book of the Iron Fist and his mysterious thief. Meanwhile, Croshan's plans move into Phase 2. Okay. Sounds intriguing. Well, my final pick of the week is Darth Vader number 7. Writer is Charles Soule. Uh, Giuseppe Carmoon Coley is the artist. Legacies end begins. As Vader takes his place... What is... Okay, wait. There we go. As Vader takes his place in command of the Emperor's Secret Inquisitors program, he sets his sights on one of the most dangerous Jedi remaining alive. So, Eric, your final pick. My final pick is Guardians of the Galaxy number 146, written by Jerry Duggan and artist Marcus Toe. Uh, the Infinity Quest Part 1, The Guardians Hunt for the Infinity Stones, begins. Their first stop, joining up with the Nova Corps, of course. Join the Guardians as they all take up golden helmets in the quest to keep the universe safe. Enough said. Plus, includes three bonus Marvel Primer pages. Okay. Kylan, your final pick. My final pick is Captain America, number 695. Wow. A writer is Mark Wade. The artist is Chris Samney, and the cover artist is Chris Samney. Know what that means? Eric, you can come back now. (laughs) (laughs) Home. Home of the Brave, part one. Home of the Brave begins and Steve Rogers is back in action in the red, white, and blue. Steve begins a journey across America to restore his tarnished reputation. And the dangers he encounters along the way are unlike any he's he's faced for. I don't know. Steve's faced quite a lot. I don't know. So welcome back, Cap. And uh, we apologize for what happened while you were gone. Well, Kylan, why don't you hit us up with the Marvel Unlimited pick for this week? All right. You know, guys, there was a book that I really, really wanted. And, um, well, sometimes we just don't get what we want, right? So if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. Don't you just love music? (laughs) 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 Because I'm like... (laughs) Alright, so, you know what, guys? I I think here's what I'm going to go with, because I just could not find... Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to go with it. Okay. So, let's just take it to the official handbook of the Ultimate Marvel Universe, um, which, no, not that one. This one. And so, this was like a one... Looked like it was a one-shot deal. The official handbook gets the ultimate treatment. This volume contains in-depth bios on the Ultimates and Ultimate X-Men and all their friends and foes. And so anybody that wanted to know everything there is to know about every character in the Ultimate Universe, this is your guide. And also maybe help you prepare for our next throwback that we do. Yeah. Are you, are you trying to allude that uh, I might throw another Howard the Duck in there? Who knows? Maybe, you know. There were some great, <laughs> Although, you know, there I, were some great stories back in the day. There were. You know, I, I wouldn't mind uh, maybe, maybe we can go through and see what uh, Howard's uh, uh, stats are because Howard is a formidable fighter as well. Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. I I could look at. We have that technology. <laughs> See if I could find it while we're sitting here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh wait, I'm in the wrong book. Okay, this is the player's book, not the judge's book. All right, judge's book. Judge's book. 
Because that's where V comes up with Shift X for something. I'm like, there's no way he could be Shift X anything. Okay, 23. I remember seeing him in here. Yep, I did too. I'm sure he was. You know what? What? Not. He is not in... He's not in the judges book under heroes. Aliens? Wow. He's not under No, he's not in here. Wow. Let me that? see if I can do a quick to see if he's in another supplement. Let's see. Howard the Duck Phaser. Da, 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 da. Oh, no. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. I think I'm seeing something. I'm seeing a reference to Howard the Duck's Iron Duck armor. Then we got to be close. That may they that may have to be something that we answer in the next show. Okay, I'm game. Yeah, we may we may just have to take a uh, may just have to take a long hard look at this because well we know if he's not you would think he if he's not, if he's not in one of the supplements he's definitely in the in the in the Marvel guide yeah in the Marvel handbook but, so. but the the official guide to the Marvel universe the handbooks they don't have the uh, the Marvel superhero RPG stats that's true they don't yeah. so. I guess this is a to-be-continued. Very well could be. So, on that final note, any final thoughts? Uh, I'm excited for Ragnarok. I don't know about anybody else. (laughs) I'm I'm honestly on countdown for Ragnarok, and I was not on countdown for any, any Thor movie at all. For Ragnarok, yes. Okay. Eric, how about you? No, I think I'm good. Then, on that note, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. I would, I would love a, a Marvel celebration-like event. Yeah, I, I'm not saying, but I'm saying. Not saying, but you're saying. I got you. So, um, having done, like we've talked about, three, and I know Eric, you've done one. Um, if, if Disney does it right, it, it could pull off very nicely. Oh, speaking of pulling it off, you hooked. I found it. Howard the Duck does stuff. Does have stats? He does. Does have stats? I'll discuss them next week. Oh, I can't wait. Sweet. 